is a magical operation of maximum importance. The initiation of a new Aeon. When it becomes necessary to utter a word, the whole planet must be bathed in blood. Ah, yes. Welcome to Dead House Whispers. Here, <laughs> everybody. Um, as you know, the undead are relentless, and we at Dead House Whispers are relentless. And uh, I hope everyone had a great new year. Um, and we have risen again for season three, season three, I think. And uh, we're on season three, three already. now, three now. And uh, of course, joining me, like always, is Faceless Mike. Um, Yo. And uh, I hope everyone is well. And now, we're, yeah, we're back. The House Whispers is back. Um, we're back, baby. Yeah. And we have so much to discuss, so much to look forward to. But before that, we have to get to the shilling. Don't forget, for everyone, check out Dead House Sonata. It's going to be, it is going to be a free-to-play ARPG that is very gothic and Lovecrafty and brought to you by the mind of Legacy of Cain and Eternal Darkness. You want to check it out at www.deadhousesonata.com. Check out our Twitters, check out our Instagrams, check on Facebook, check on Reddit. There's even stuff on Spotify. Yes, there is. So you might want to go there. And just some badass merch. For anyone that can't see it, I am wearing a kick-ass hoodie. Calypso is wearing an even more kick-ass t-shirt that is no longer available. <laughs> maybe in the future, we'll see. Maybe, maybe it might be a maybe. special for launch. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, there's some awesome merch. I can't even show you, but I have a really badass like desk map. I've yeah. got the red lady before me here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, his background, Mike's well. background is actually uh, the... That's uh, my desk map, desk. and it's That's taking cool. up the whole desk. They are awesome. Yep. Yep. You can find all that stuff on uh, Streamlabs and the Bulb. If you go to deadhousesonata.com, yeah. it's Deadhouse linked Sonata. under merch store. the merch section. Yeah. Yeah. We got all Which, that. Which, by the way, while we're plugging that, the website has been updated. There is a better merch section, a better store section. And, Calypso, I don't know if you've noticed or not. If you go to the Explore, you'll notice there is a Librarium. A Librarium? I don't even know what that is. A Librarium. Librarian. Oh, 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 oh. Like a library. Ah, You'll notice we now out. have a bookshelf. Uh, yes, I have to check that out. Books. That sounds amazing. Um, it's where all the lore is now held. So we've ooh. got the Necro on there. We've got the Chronicles of Alaric von Bella. And we've got Tales from the House, which are the community submissions, which I think you wanted to talk about, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did, actually. So as you know, <laughs> Dead House is a community-driven project in a sense um there is world anvil which is the uh community world building um like uh, uh uh software and everything like that going into dead house they're using that for archiving for lore submissions all that stuff and of course um you can write everything in you can do your own world building character building on world anvil submit all that stuff and then it may or may not end up becoming canon within the official dead house lore and recently there has been a couple of community submissions um turned into podcast form obviously on the dead house spotify and amazon um playlist all that stuff it's everywhere apple store um and there's two of them so far that i know of anyway at least last time i checked and there is the uh account of leopold narrett that was which uh may have a familiar 
voice. Yeah, that was uh, it was written <laughs> by uh, Darula and um, it yeah. stars Big Hattie, Shiny Bree, Faceless Mike, naturally, and Golden Zan. Um, are oh, all... not naturally. That was my most unnatural performance <laughs> ever. <laughs> His most unnatural performance ever. There's that. I think one... the only time I've ever been worse than that was trying to fake getting out of school sick at one point. <laughs> um, there the is... other guys did a great job, though. I I, I tried not to have. It's them. pretty good. It's pretty good. It's really long. It's very Lovecraftian. Um, it's very journal entry. Got it has a bit of an eternal darkness feeling to it. Um, Darula done a really good job. Yeah, he that. did. Darula did a great job. Um, it's really good. You can listen to that, of course, on the Dead House uh, Spotify and Amazon and everything. And then, of course, the next one is. And if you if you can't find those, by the way, you can also find them on the website. All you need to do is uh, go to the media. Explore and the Media section. Yeah, it's got a list, so you can listen to them on your PC. Just for any of those that aren't savvy enough to grab a Spotify or don't like smartphones. Yep. And uh, then there is <clears throat> the ancient tablet um written like by termulgen termulgen um, yeah to termulgen written by him and um i believe bishop rx bishop uh is the one reading it if i recall correctly um so yeah mm-hmm. really that one's also really good um very um has that that alaric von beller podcast <laughs> episode <laughs> feeling to that i think that's what he was going for when writing it um mm. so yeah but uh, that's good also bishop does a pretty good job at reading it and acting it out and everything um follows follows one of the scribes or preachers or whatever of the human no, i think he was another everything. one of the the inquisitors one of them he's just not the grand inquisitor yeah, i think yeah, he's just yeah. another inquisitor yeah which uh when you get into the lore you'll know there was quite a few Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's really really cool really cool yeah so that's community stuff like feel free to write your own stuff in guys um it's it's encouraged amongst all the community you can find us all on discord and everything also part of the dead house oh join the discord and yep. join in the discussion because as calypso was saying here like this began with wanting the community to get involved this started with dennis and the whole apocalypse crew asking the community what they liked and didn't like in the game what they would like added to it this spawned into world anvil and asking people to write stuff what do you think would be really cool to write if you were writing fan fiction slash lore for the game what would you write people came up with some great ideas and those ended up getting turned into radio plays that were voice acted by the community done by apocalypse so like where do you get that in a video game like how often do you get that kind of community interaction you know almost never almost never like it was it was an incredible bit and uh yeah I'm, I'm just really liking the website i have it up on my other screen here and it's just the the librarian's nice and flashing that's really and cool that's, i definitely gotta check that that's out that's what i like so when i get um, in it calypso i have a question for you i have an answer apocalypse gave the community a little gift oh they did what was I believe it you might be familiar with it it was a particular download oh a download you say <laughs> of the it was an o3de tech demo Ooh, a tech demo on the o3d engine merry christmas mm-hmm. um yes <laughs> there was a tech demo released guys um the o3d 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 o3de tech demo for uh dead house it is just a tech demo Easy to remember is open 3d engine engine um it is just a tech demo it's pretty um it's very basic with everything because it is just a tech demo but the fact it's just that, to show off the engine yeah, basically the fact that it's just that they released it and it's pretty it looks pretty good for for what uh 
is out there right now. Um, the lighting is really nice. The the cloth fabric is really nice. There's even um, the making of it is on the official Dead House YouTube, um, where Dennis himself mm-hmm. goes over the technology behind it, what they did to create it in such a short amount of time, um, just everything that will be going into Dead House in the future, as well as a very early look of what the visuals could possibly be. They're really good visuals, by the way. I think um, the, so the vampire you're playing is Zorin, one of the leads. Um, he is probably just placeholder i think but it's oh yeah that's good. just that's just placeholder yeah. for now because like you couldn't put couldn't put in the character creator just for a tech demo you yeah know? <laughs> yeah so but zoran looks really nice um and the, the lighting looks really nice like every everything is pretty pretty spot on for just a tech demo obviously it's not the best thing ever but it's it's there maybe when this shows up calypso could show us a little bit of video yeah you show us a little bit of video as this is talking yeah yeah definitely um because I know you played it. I know you put up. Yeah. A, a oh video. yeah. I totally played the demo. I uh, you can follow that demo and look at my gameplay on my YouTube channel. Um, Don't look at mine. It was appalling. I think you tried to stream <laughs> it, right? You tried to stream it once or twice. Oh no, I did. It? I did stream it, and I still currently hold the record for getting up to wave eighteen. Oh man, I didn't, I didn't even get. It. I think I got up to maybe four or five. It is. I, uh, I created a wave counter. I programmed my own little wave counter to put on my stream just so that. I could keep track because Temeljin, who wrote the ancient tablet, uh, kept goading me while I was streaming it live, saying it's like, oh yeah, that's really cool. He got the wave like twelve, but like I got the wave fourteen, and he kept doing that until he said the highest I've ever gotten is like wave seventeen, and I made a principled point to get to a bit further, but I done it. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Um, the, People have probably got demo. further than that now. Though. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> I only got to like wave three or four. I died really quickly. Um, uh, it is a wave-based thing. ain't kidding. Hmm? Them Legionnaires ain't kidding. Oh, yeah, no, they don't mess around. So the tech demo, guys, it's uh, horde mode-based, sort of, I guess. Um, every time you kill someone, more people spawn until it just gets more and more and more and more until you probably have, like, hundreds of dudes on screen or something. Um, and you're all just you're taking them down so it's it's become a little challenge among the community of how long can you last um, as Mike was saying and yeah so I have a challenge for all you guys out there listening on Spotify um, or watching this up on YouTube download the demo Um, you can find it on the Dead House forum uh, and see how far you can get record yourselves upload it put in a number it'll be a little uh, challenge counter for everybody to try to beat your uh, score of how far you can get within the demo so far, now, only there, is, five minutes. there is a bit of a limit because I do know some people are having difficulties with the tech demo. Uh, it's because there is a particularly high barrier on it. I think the minimum is like a 1080 Ti. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, there's, there's particular requirements. But worry not, friends, for I have beans. Those in the community know what I'm on about. There will be, that was the O3DE tech demo. Soon you'll all bear witness to the Dead House Sonata demo. Can't reveal much, but soon. I didn't even know. And there's been a lot of upgrades. Actually, you might be able to see some of the upgrades because um, we'll get to that a little bit later, but uh, there was a particular poll that uh, Calypso will get back to after that, which uh, shows a screenshot from said demo. Yes, it before. We get to that now that I've told you there's a new demo coming and we're looking to the future of Deadhouse. I wanted to ask Calypso a question. I've been 
bothering people in my Discord with this question. And it's one about gaming, which when I was discussing Deadhouse with some of the guys, it came up. Do What's you that? need to finish a game for it to be your favorite game? That's a good question. Um, I know many a people who have not finished Skyrim and it is their favorite game. I don't think I've even come close to finishing Skyrim. I played a lot of it, but yeah, not even close. I still haven't finished Skyrim. It's been, you know, 10 years. Um, <laughs> I haven't finished Skyrim. Um, that's a really good question. Do you need to finish a game in order for it to be your favorite game? I definitely think it helps because there is a, uh, depending on how the story is, like does the ending really hit you in a certain way? Um, is it the gameplay that really strikes you? Um, all those little minor questions that can be everyone in of. my discord was divided on it it was yeah. divided half were like no you don't because if you like the game and the gameplay mechanics and all it is and the other one's like no exactly what you said you need to finish the story because what happens if it turns out crap in the end what if you have a brutal legend scenario where you think you're playing a really funny action adventure game that turns and into an RTS, RTS halfway through for reasons but that was brought that was spurred by the idea of in that case many people will never be able to say Deadhouse is their favorite game because if you have to finish it, like this is going to be a long running thing. But by the same logic, an MMO could never be your favorite game then because you oh, can't finish yeah, it. Yeah, you make a good point. Um, see, mm, okay, well, there, there's the crux of the situation is MMOs, um, if, are they your favorite games? You can't really finish an MMO. It just goes on forever. Um, Deadhouse, you know, has a, a long plan um, eventually it's not an MMO be... yeah. per se. Like it's yeah. not going to be an MMO, but it's an ARPG in the realms of like Warframe. So there is a story. It will happen over time, and it's an ARPG, like in that sense. So Warframe. What would you call something like Warframe? And think it would be like it's an MMO light. That doesn't seem to do it justice. Uh, what way would we call that? Warframe. I would like call Warframe it... and Destiny Two. Yeah, Destiny Two. I feel. That's really difficult because the, the, there's a weird definition now with like MMOs. Um, it's, you know, massively multiplayer online games, right? With Warframe, yeah. you can you basically can join and invite and run into hundreds and hundreds of players. Is Warframe an, M an MMO in the traditional sense or is it like an action RPG MMO hybrid? Um, you know, and Destiny 2, same thing. It's like it has the MMO... Uh, like characteristics but is destiny 2 an mmo you know world of warcraft is what i consider an mmo like you are in an open world anybody can drop in and drop out whenever you want to with warframe i think it's only hub levels like there's hub worlds that you yeah. can go to and people are there but otherwise yeah, they're like relay stations own. yeah unless you invite people in or whatever but even those like not everyone will appear on your one so when you go to them they're all server slash yeah. instance based yeah. you know so with warcraft um i think it's a un it's like a universal like they have a couple of universal yeah. servers where hundreds yeah. and hundreds of people are yeah like for wow open, another mmo world. is one of the first things you do when you start a game is you, you pick a server yeah you know yeah that's hmm, that's a good question. I think the gate the ver the phrase MMO or as in MMORPG has almost become redundant. I think it needs to change and evolve with the time because like games like World of Warcraft are MMORPGs, but games we have now they are but they're not. Like you take a look at let's take Among Us. 
that's yeah. a completely different thing but that is an online game that's very much an online game i think these need to change to be something like instead of being mmorpgs it just it's an orpg or an oarpg yeah, like uh, an online action role-playing game an I, online strategy yeah. game i think there is definitely um you know okay that's a that's something else i'll i'll say that there is that there is a separation there is a clear separation between what is an mmo and what isn't an mmo um, yeah. You can say that MMOs um, are, um, you know, okay, you have a player base of a thousand people, okay, and those thousand people can constantly merge and run into each other. It's like if you're playing Skyrim online um, and you're in that or open Elder world, Scrolls Online. Or Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot there actually is an Elder Scrolls Online for a second. So you're playing the Elder Scrolls Online and you have money, million, million, blah, blah, blah. you have millions of people you can run into. With Dead House, with Warframe, with um, Destiny 2, it's not open-ended like that. You can't run into Bob, Bill, or John, or whatever. When you're playing, you have to specifically invite them to your party which separates that massively multiplayer anybody is always running around no matter what you're doing like um i think that's what separates it from an mmo like you can of course invite them to little hub areas and your ships or whatever if you're playing warframe or something that's where i think the mmo thing comes from where you can kind of like say it's an mmo but at the same time it separates itself by having that independence of you're not dependent on the hundreds and thousands of people that are just in your face all the time because this is from a new ecosystem so the idea behind an mmo these came from back in the pc days where everyone would connect to a major server and then couch co-op was obviously what it was it was your friends and then as consoles began to come online and pcs became more like user friendly and had a wider base of people you could only play with your friends that you knew because there was a lot of whole tcp ip connection issues or maybe you needed to have some friend code in games there was things like that but from the new age of consoles where everything is persistently online you can kind of instead of inviting your friends to the game you will make friends in the game these would be people you might never have met, but you game with them every Saturday evening. There's like three other dudes that you dungeon run with or you go on expeditions or whatever particular game you're playing. You might not have met, but you will play with in this game because like Warframe, for example, a great example, it will team you up with people randomly if you want. You yeah. Know? Um, that, that makes me, that gets me thinking. That gets me thinking. Um, EverQuest was a really mm. popular MMO back in the day. You're digging back now, Calypso. I am digging, digging way back. back. <laughs> EverQuest was a really popular MMO. Um, man. So, okay, hold on. Sidetracking for a minute. You remember when there were a bunch of MMOs that, that, you know, when World of Warcraft first started and all these other MMOs were like before World of Warcraft? Yeah, and Star they could Wars all, Galaxies. Yeah, Star Wars yeah. Galaxies. Um, gosh. Meridian 59. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Arc, Everything Arcane, wanted to be. Arcane something or other was another one. Um, but like they all lived side by side in an online ecosystem and there was no World of Warcraft killer. You know, it was all they were just uh, living in the same space. Um, I digress. But that gets me thinking that EverQuest tried to release a PS2 version 
of, I of it. I that. think I don't remember if it got canceled or not, or if it even got off the ground. No, I I'm fairly certain I seen that cover in a shop. Yeah, there was an EverQuest. Like they actually got it to consoles, and you could you know play EverQuest online with console players. And I think they did the weird. You could maybe play it with PC players at the same time. It was like revolutionary, but you had to have a LAN connection or something. Um, anyways, gets me thinking that. Uh, were or were or are um, competitive online games are those MMOs in a sense is like yeah. Valorant an MMO is Overwatch an MMO um, even though they're they're not traditional MMO style like Warcraft or um, other ones they're just competitive games but you're playing with hundreds upon thousands of people online at the exact same time that you occasionally get matched up with so what, weird where what really defines an MMO now? I think the only thing that really defines an MMO is, is it like the World RPG of Warcraft part. and is it open world? I think that really, yep. that's the thing that really defines MMOs is, is it an open world or is it a hub base? And I think if you have an open world like uh, Elder Scrolls or Warcraft, then you're an MMO. If you have a closed off world that's based off in sections and hubs, you're not really an MMO. You're an action RPG with, with MMO elements. That's where the MMO light comes in. But yeah. we're like, gaming is transforming. <clears throat> I'll give you an example. One of my favorite consoles of all time was the Dreamcast. I love the Dreamcast, Fantastic console. Rest in peace. Oh, it was such a sin that that, that that fell victim to all the wrong things that could have happened between the Saturn, being rushed out, being bad taste in people's being mouths, all of that. It was also ahead of its time. It was ahead of its time. If it would have held off... Or, or maybe even waited until the PS2 came out um, a couple of years, released a couple of years after the PS2. I think it would have been a contender. But unfortunately, yeah. PlayStation 2 came out, made its numbers, obviously. And then Microsoft just stepped in and decided to, you know, play its hand. And oh, man. But my point being, they had a game on that that I loved playing, Fantasy Star Online, yeah. which was very similar to an MMO, but not really. But exactly what you described, Cliff. So it was a server-based, instance-based scenario. And I had great fun with that. That was the beginnings of like MMOs for me on the console side. Because I I tried stuff on PC at the beginning. But um, crappy internet connection, bad computers hampered a lot of efforts for many, many years. Yep. But like th this gave it into the hands of everyone. And that's the beginnings of the online gaming sphere. It became a real revolution because, whether you love them or hate them, Microsoft with the Xbox pretty much single-handedly revolutionized the whole gaming online bit. Their infrastructure was fantastic. They made it easy to understand and for everyone to be able to jump on board with Xbox Live. Yeah. Fast forward to now, we are in a, we're in a, a transition period where your console is now irrelevant. From oh, yeah, third-party no. developers, you will join a game like Dauntless, Fortnite, uh, uh, not Warframe, but Warframe are implementing it. Uh, there's a lot of other games where it doesn't matter where you're playing it. As long as you're playing it, you can play on mobile, PC, all the consoles, and they will all come together. You will still be playing the same game with whoever you want to play with on whatever platform you choose to have or that you're able to have. Yeah, and I think that's awesome. Like the whole... the. Uh coming about of crossplay is totally revolutionary um what's funny is i think this is something they've been trying to implement for years now only the technology is finally caught up where it's possible yeah like uh god i remember 
playing like old Quake, like just playing Quake and stuff back in the day online or whatever was fucking revolutionary, and playing it stably even more revolutionary. Oh yeah. And you're and going then, back uh, to the days when I used to try to work out to organize playing Duke Nukem 3D with people, and just trying to set yeah. that up from a text perspective. Yeah. Tech perspective was a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> and like we're at that point now where it's not even a thought. It's not even a thought. No. It's not a struggle. You don't have to do nothing. You just need to have a yeah, Wi-Fi connection. If, and you're if good. me and you want a game, I don't even have to have any direct connection to you. Like, hey, boot up this and add me. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That's you it. can be playing on PS5 yeah. or whatever, PS4 or Xbox, and I can be playing on PC and vice versa. Like, that's insane. And that, that you know, there's, I think it might be, it might be a Neverwinter Nights. There, there's a ne- Neverwinter Nights online or something. That rings a bell. Um, yeah. um, there, a new version of it, or I guess. Uh, that is cross-play, I believe, and it is an MMO. Um, you know, and I can play on PC and my, I think it's just called never winter. I think it is just called never winter. Um, so like, I know I've seen that on the Xbox. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, like you said, Warflame, Warflame, Warframe is trying to implement this with crossplay. (laughs) Yeah. They they, they teased a thing on a dev stream, like late last year where they showed when they were talking about the new expansion for the new war, which recently came out and then how they got a lot of the guys like Steve and a lot of the ones that did the stream. And one was on mobile and one was on Xbox and one was on switch and all like that. And they all showed up into the same place play yeah. together and they're like yeah we're working on it i That's know you've awesome. all asked for it. we're working on it now they've got a bigger hurdle because their game wasn't designed like that <clears throat> yeah so the back-end systems to be able to like get that up and running stably in a proper environment will be phenomenal because they're bringing in the cross play and cross save which is fantastic because i think more games need that and funny even before they'd implemented that that was one of the things Dennis had announced, which was going to be the big draw for Deadhouse. Yeah, yeah. Like that's going to be the primary thing of Deadhouse that it'll be leading on PC and then coming to all major platforms. But mm-hmm. you will have cross save and cross play, so you'll be able to play with any of your friends whenever you want. It's not a case of oh, have you got this on PlayStation? Have you got this on Xbox? Just, yeah. Hey, do you play Deadhouse? That's wiped from the gaming space. There's totally a time where exclusives exclusives aren't even exclusive anymore and i think that's <laughs> apart from getting a bunch of you know uh, angry console plebs um, i play console too guys no worries look um, i'm i'm a know, hardcore console player but i think bloodborne should be on pc yeah like, it needs to happen <laughs> i'm a big advocate for bloodborne on PC. more people need to be able to play that game like yeah it's <laughs> i need to play it i haven't played it i mean just because just because uh playstation 3 has finally been like possibly emulated and same thing with ps4 and they're working on emulation for it doesn't excuse four will be easier the yeah. three they just done it awkwardly yeah no whatever um, architecture was designed that was designed to be a pain PS3, in the ps3 was ahead of its time architecturally and internally but that's a story for another podcast maybe mm. um <laughs> like the fact that that console exclusives don't really exist anymore that the the big companies are finally getting their heads out of their asses to you know realize that there is a market within the PC space, console space, handheld space, mobile space is 
you know and it's if you're an online game and happen. you have yours and you have yours on multiple platforms that means yeah. your audience will take longer to dwindle and your game won't die as fast yes yes i can play it on my pc on my ps4 on my ps5 on my switch on my steam deck that's eventually happening whenever that happens on my phone on my phone the fact that mobile gaming i know everyone i know everyone sh- sh- uh, uh, cries at the the whole mobile gaming thing because a lot of the space is you know casual gamer stuff but the fact that um they are building specific phones for mobile gaming that it has become such a large platform and that games like genshin impact are on mobile and they're just as stable that and they work just as magic. well on pc yeah crazy i downloaded magic. that and there was a friend, Scara, uh, who got me to try play Genshin Impact on PC. I seen it was on mobile. I'm like, hey, I'm going to download this to see what this is like. Is it like a card game add-on? What is it? Oh, no, it's the full game. I'm like, nah, that can't be possible. Took ages to download. But once you got it downloaded, I just logged into my account, and I was in the exact same spot I was on where I logged out on PC. And I could go yeah. around and do everything. And I, I don't know what black magic those guys performed to do that, but it was it was one to one. Perfect. Yeah, that's and I think that's uh that's where that's why I love Dennis so much sometimes because he really does think about the future of technology. Um seeing as how I think he has freaking degrees and stuff in that kind of stuff anyway. Um yep. and uh the the whole thing is like the tech world grows so quickly. There's a joke to where once you buy a new product, it's already outdated. Um, like once you, get your graphics card, yeah, <laughs> once you buy, once you buy that 3070 or whatever, it's already outdated by the 3080, by the 3090, by the 3090 Ti now. Thanks, Nvidia. Um, <laughs> you know, by even uh, uh, fucking Intel are making graphics cards. Like the tech world and the gaming space and the gaming world moves so fast, it's almost impossible to catch up or to stay within the loop. Um, that can be a crux and for game development or a bonus up. for game that development. That was your point. Hmm? That was your point. The phones are catching yeah, up. Yeah, the phones are catching up. The fact that the phones are catching up and that, that they're basically there is nuts. The fact that I have a mini computer, which my phone is over there, of course. The fact that I have a mini computer in my hand that's that's like the size of this of this bottle almost, like or a little smaller, is ridiculous. Yeah, the fact that that is a computer is insane and the fact that it can play modern day games at a steady frame rate with pretty good visuals is is nuts and i don't think anybody should you know just because like oh if mobile games are just casual stuff i mean sure a lot of them are but the fact that they're starting to get into the triple a space or double a space even is uh just it's revolutionary you know, it's revolutionary. And Dead House will be on mobile eventually, um, probably uh, in some sort of form. I don't know. Like like the fact that Dead House and other games are, are just hitting that space probably at the right time, I think, too, um, is awesome. It's awesome. You That's can't just going to be the thing. Like people complain about mobile games. Like if you don't like it, don't play it. But the vast majority of the gaming market right now is on mobile mobile like, and that's held. where the vast majority is and people can be like oh but they're not real games yeah but other people like me would argue that if you just sit and play call of duty and fifa all day you're not a real gamer either so yeah it's where you want to put those goalposts people be careful you know yeah, yeah. 
the fact everyone's that, uh, looking to their left going they're not a real gamer <laughs> no what's what's funny i think what's funny the most is that portability has been a thing you know that technology companies like strive for and have strived for since the beginning right you know when when computers were the size of a server room and literally were just servers um people were like a eventually picture? there's a meme of that there's a meme of that. There's a dude standing somewhere in Chicago and he's got a picture that he's holding up outside the building of where years ago they were bringing in some like Macintosh, this like old school, like massive computer that's like half the size of a truck. And they're bringing out and there's a load of guys standing around and he's like, oh, this is like five megabytes, you know, of a, of power. And that was amazing back then. It's this big building looking yoke. And the dude's taking a picture and he's holding up an SD card with like 256 kids yeah you know it's like it's crazy i love it i love it i love uh i love that i love that you know people were crazy that like oh man this computer will one day be able to fit on a desk and then laptops happened and people were like oh man portability on what you can bring a computer with you anywhere you want and then things just kept getting (laughs) smaller and smaller until we got a phone and i think that's why people people forget and they just credit they discredit phones because they see it as a casual gaming thing when it's pr- really one of the most powerful things in your hand, yeah. in your one of the greatest pocket. creations we've in given humanity since flight, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, gaming, gaming can only go there. It can only get smaller and smaller and more um, portable and more compact and more stable and uh, just, you know, more... Um, Gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Damn. Not revolutionary. Accessible. accessible. Thank you. More accessible. <laughs> like, which isn't that's, a bad thing. People think accessibility think... is a bad thing. It's not re- being able to no. get up. Like, w- would you rather, you know, walk upstairs or take a ramp upstairs? You know? Exactly. The other part of that being, that's why I think Nintendo knows exactly what they're doing. Oh yeah, Nintendo. They're been always years. light years ahead. People are like, "Oh, with their technology, their, their graphics card isn't up to power." It's like, really, the Wii. So I'll have to say to you, "Oh, but that was stupid, really." The Wii, more the than highest any selling, other the console. highest selling console in the past decade. Like, I think the only thing better than it's the Game Boy, like the Game Boy. Yeah, they started with the Game the Boy, and now we have the Switch, and the Switch is yeah. still the Switch has outsold the big consoles it's outstalled you know team team it blue and team green it's gone to yeah. get a switch this christmas as it was to get a ps5 oh yeah and then they have the new oled version which looks amazing i have a friend at work who got the new oled switch Stop, i'm trying to not i'm trying to make sure i don't try to self-justify a reason to buy one like no don't I buy don't one need it. i have a perfectly one. good switch right there it's not <laughs> like you can trade it in for half price I don't know how your game stops work, but not here. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Hold on, what? You can't trade it for like half price at GameStop or something over there? Oh, I doubt that. You go in there, I barely, I trade in my Switch into GameStop, I'd be lucky to get enough money for a Starbucks. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh, that hurts my soul. Ugh. Oh. 
you guys have a far better retro market. That's one of the cooler oh, things. Oh, definitely. Yes, yeah, so you don't have it as great here. It's getting better. There's a lot of collectors investing in a lot of stuff, opening, trying to open stores and all go. It's going to put a hamper on it, but people trying to like do arcade machines, build machines, collect the old games and all like that. But I did see when I was in the States before that like there's shops that are just mom and pop video game shops for ancient video game tech. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I highly encourage, by the way. I used to go to one in New York called um, 8-Bit and Up. Um, and all it sold was retro stuff. Like, I think it, it's it's the cutoff point was PlayStation Two games. It wouldn't sell anything higher than PlayStation Two games. Dude, technically, that's an antique store. I know that's nuts. And I think obviously now with once it's over twenty years old, it's legally an antique. Yeah, so. that hurts my soul. That hurts my soul <laughs> so much. I'm an antique. Oh, we're antiques, Mike. Yep. Oh yeah feeling every day of it. <laughs> yeah, I feel it in my knees <laughs> but on to that that yeah so where do you fall on it the original question the original do you question. have to beat a game in order for it to be your favorite mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, curve the question by saying it depends on the type of game if it is a single player story driven experience I think um, finishing the game definitely helps in that it's my favorite game. Um, and obviously, if the gameplay ramps up um, or it stays and it has a really good gameplay, there you go. Um, if it's online, I don't think so because you can't really beat it. You know, you know what? No. Okay, no. You don't have to finish a game for it to be your favorite game because the, the heart of games is gameplay. If the gameplay is fun enough and that's what makes it your favorite game and the story is just, you know, the icing on the cake, there you go plenty of reason and that's the question to the audience want to hear in the comments can't yeah. find the comments go to youtube go anywhere i will be posting this everywhere uh let us know do you need to finish a game for it to be a favorite or is it okay just to play if it's just to play how much of it do you have to play to know that it was one of your favorite games i'll give you a weird little spoiler i got about an hour into the witcher 3 and i knew it was one of my favorite games Meanwhile, I'm 80 hours in and I'm, I'm still finding it a struggle to play, <laughs> but I'm 80 hours in. So what does that, what does that say about Wait, hold on. the Witcher? You're 80 hours in. I'm 80 in, hours in. But where are you? I am, I am <laughs> still, that's very I'm subjective in Witcher. You could spend 20 hours just running around Velen. Oh yeah, like, no, no. I spent 20 hours just running around Velen. Um, <laughs> I am in Skellige now. Uh, and I am hunting a giant or something. I'm doing a side oh, quest. I'm actually at the exact same point as you on the Switch. I'm not 20 hours in. Oh, Significantly less. Yeah. I Although have, I have gone through it quite a few times, so I kind of know how to yeah, steamroll and skip I'm my way through hours certain in. bits. I think it took me 40 hours to get to... to Gosh, what's the other... What's what's after no, Novigrad? Yeah. The cat, it took me like 40 hours to get there and to do there's like a murder spoilers i guess minor spoilers there's a side quest where you have to find out who a murderer is and he's going around killing everybody or Did something it? um i took me 40 hours to get to that point within the there's game. multiple endings for that oh is there i think i think there's multiple endings for a bunch of stuff i killed the bad guy and i figured out who it was but i was wrong the first time and then i restarted my save so i could be right the second time <laughs> how are you wrong tell me walk walk me through walk okay. me through the process I, don't worry about spoilers look which are three spoilers if you haven't finished the game it's your own damn fault at this point it's been out long enough yeah go on uh, six seven years old now um okay so i was i was looking for the murderer and i was uh 
for talking to the grave digger and I was like, oh, it's got to be the one with surely, the coals in the eyes. And yeah, stuff, right? it's surely got to be the grave digger guy because he clearly seems like a bad guy. Turns out it wasn't. And everybody died. I just think it was the grave digger guy. He's a bit like, yeah, you know, like I just, he, I gave, I gave off, he gave off bad guy vibes. I don't know. Misdirection. It was red herring. So I, <laughs> turns out, um, everybody, everybody died. I didn't save anyone. Um, but I ended up killing the, who the murderer was. Turns out there was an, it was just a vampire. Um, the excuse for the vampire was a pretty fucking good excuse. And I'm surprised. And it kind of pisses me off that like Geralt is supposed to be a monster hunter and supposed to understand that how these creatures work. Like, you know, he's supposed to be an expert, but he couldn't figure out that this guy was a vampire and he actually believed the excuse of the vampire of why he's not aging at all. And it's been 40 years or something ridiculous. How come this other guy was your teacher? Doesn't, isn't he like 40 years older than you? What yeah. The? Yeah. I don't know why my brain, that didn't click with my brain. I was like, oh, no way. Is he the bad guy? Like it, but it didn't. Um, yeah. I fought him. I killed him. I like how his necklace was jumping off. Yeah. His no, head. that's the other thing. Like his necklace is supposed to happen when magical creatures are around, right? Magic. Attacks yeah. When magic. magic. It didn't happen when the vampire was around. Why? It's a fucking vampire. It's supposed to happen. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like 40 hours into The Witcher, 80 hours now. Um, I'm in Skellige. I'm hunting a giant. I killed. Here's the question: When you went to Skellige and you attended the funeral, did you let her win? Um, no. Or did you beat her in the? I race? beat her. I beat that bitch. I wanted. I wanted nah, the prize. You let, let her. You let her win. Let her win. You're supposed to let her win. Well, I have to restart another save. Now. No, you don't. No, you no. don't. Play um, the hand you're dealt. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm not save scumming anymore. I've like, there was a where I did a werewolf mission. I just did a werewolf mission of find out and break the curse of this werewolf mukbang mm. or something. The name was Morkvarg. Morkvarg. Um, Wait, where was it? Uh, in Skellige. Oh, the were okay. The, yeah. the werewolf mission in Skellige. Because there's there's like two or three. Other oh, there is. I did a, I did Skellige. one with Morkvarg, and he was cursed, and um, I didn't know how to beat him because I did something wrong apparently, and I was like, I got a thing, but I can't give it to him, so I just gave him a piece of his body, and then he died, and then everyone I got, got mad at me for some reason because I destroyed the entire. Huh? I thought you were talking about the guy that lost his wife. Oh, uh, I don't think I got there yet. I don't think I got there. No, yet. no, no. This is way back. Oh, this way is back before you go see the witches. There's a dude that lost his wife. You can go look for the wife for him, and he, like the wife just vanished one evening, and him and the sister are still there with the kids. Oh, turns out that like he's a werewolf, and he oh. didn't know. Anyway, it's a whole different. There's loads of those have, stories. Here's a weird one for you. Did you ever meet Letho? Oh yeah, I did. The, I failed the Letho mission. I, I let him live in my Witcher 2 save and then I ported my other save and then I failed that mission because Letho was like because Letho was like hey leave stay out of this I don't want your help and then um, I helped him out by killing these guys and Letho was like motherfucker I told you to stay out of it um, and now he's being he has to go hiding or something and uh, did you send him to care more I think I did I can't remember it's been so long <laughs> you now. didn't you didn't fail it Oh, I didn't fail it because I could have sworn like like if I there's a there's an outcome for this. If you if you send him to care more and he might help you later. Oh, OK. OK, because I think I sent him to care. I sent Kira Metz to care more in and I think I sent Letho. Oh, that's going to be fun later. To, yeah, I figured. Um, I think I sent Letho to I'm now looking for an ugly baby. 
Oh, I'm on the ugly baby quest. Uma is where I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm at Uma. Uma. I'm looking for an ugly baby. <laughs> ugly baby. Uma. <laughs> Uma. That's where I am with Witcher Three. Uh, yeah. Great. That's why you're you're all gonna like Dead House. You like the stories to those. You'll like that. Yeah. One thing I liked about The Witcher, you see, it's more like an interactive movie. Yeah, it is. A lot of because it's not a case of oh wait till I beat this monsters no I need to see what happens with this dude like what no I have I have found that um, where's this go I need a closure on this anecdote I need to... I have been um I have found that uh um that I have been doing all the side quests because I want to know what the narrative is going to be and even though even though what one here's what here's what gets me mad about The Witcher Three is that. When you level up, you lose experience points. Like if you go, if you're level 16 and you do a level 12 side mission, rather than getting like 50 experience points, you get like one or two. I've done a couple of of missions where I'm too high of a level for this side quest. So all they're giving me is like one experience point or two experience points. And it's purely for the narrative outcome of what happens in the side quest, which is a testament to how strong the writing is in The Witcher 3 and how good the little side quests are. I completely ignore my leveling up stuff. It's just whenever it happens, I throw skill points into what I know I should be doing, but Mm -hmm. it's completely irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I've gone the other one. What I've been playing lately is much to my sins. I never finished Bloodborne. So I've been dragging my butt through that. And that's actually partially what spurred the question. So I was saying, this is one of my favorite games. It's like, oh, but you've never finished it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know I've played from software games. I know how this goes. Yeah, I've I like played... this aesthetic more than Dark Souls. I love fantasy, but the gothic stuff, I'm like, yeah. That's the only is, reason I want is... to play Bloodborne is because of the gothic stuff. I'm not really into the Dark Souls games. I don't, they're not, they're not my jam, so but I it's really want to play so... Bloodborne. It's so hard, but it's so good. It's oh, yeah. easier than Dark Souls. You know what I do? You know it? what? You know what my favorite from software games are that I didn't know they were from software games until I looked it up. Armored Core, Armored Core, and um, Tenchu. Do you remember the Tenchu games, the Ninja yeah, games? Yeah, that's basically Proto Sekiro. Yeah, I didn't know that that was them. Um, because I, I was love like, oh, those games. Made man. by K two, they were K two originally, and then they changed their name to yeah. From Software. So, I grew up playing and loving those games. Um, willing to buy a new Tenchu, please. Uh, yeah, please. Bring, exactly bring, if you're bring back another Tenchu, guys. It's not dead. Sekiro was basically a Tenchu game. Give us another Tenchu game, please, from software if you stumble across this. I am looking <laughs> forward to... I do think I will pick up Elden Ring, though. Oh, I'm getting Elden I Ring. I definitely I'm think I'll buy fully, Elden Ring. I'm no. going through Bloodborne specifically to get into the style for Elden Ring because yeah. I play these games... Dark Souls, a lot of the stuff's about blocking and parrying and stuff like that. No, I go with like Bloodborne. It's a case of, you know, visceral attack, parry, visceral, like that's how I play. So getting back into the rhythm of that for Elden Ring, because I'm so looking forward to that. Weird level of disappointment for two years ago. Uh, the only two games coming out that I'm looking forward to are Cyberpunk and Elden Ring. We're yep. all for one. Yep. I, uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed Hold the on. early access version of Cyberpunk, though. Hold on. Hold on. Can't really see it properly. Oh wow! Oh, you got the Xbox One version. That's cool. I I have this. I've never played this. That's uh, that's the the Xbox One is the recent console, right? Or is it the Xbox 
S. Yeah, no, it's the X, but it's that's the older console. I have a Series X, but what it is is that they said they're going to bring out a next gen version, the way they're bringing out a next gen version for The Witcher, and uh, I've been waiting because I got it, and life was busy. I didn't get a chance to play it at launch, and some friends of mine said, "Don't bother." <laughs> wait until they patch it and I've been waiting and waiting and I asked a friend of mine recently is it worth playing yet and he's like no not yet give it another while I'm like I've waited this long I'll wait until it's fixed <laughs> yeah I uh, I enjoyed the early access version of Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> is um, that what we're calling it <laughs> yep uh, the, uh, the bugs that I experienced like here's the thing that I think is funny about games with a whole lot of bugs and glitches and just general issue is that apart from them, you know, ruining, staining the name of the game forever because fucking gamers, um, like generally when a game gets patched and it's and it gets better and good, people forget all the buggy bullshit that happened within those games. Look at The Witcher Three, for example. When that game launched, it was a buggy fucking mess, but it still got became, high it praise became up a the meme. wazoo. Roach on the house. Yeah, became a meme. It became a meme, and people were okay with it. So, what is the difference between? Witcher 3 coming out and being a giant buggy mess, which with with Roach on the roof and in houses, and that still happens, by the way. Roach is still not <laughs> fixed. There will Roach will still occasionally spawn inside of a house when I call I've, him. I've whistled on the roof. for Roach once, and he actually knocked over a pedestrian in a village. There's a woman walking over, and she just got knocked out of the way by the horse coming up. So, I was like, so why what is the difference did I catch that? that on the street? What's the difference between that and Cyberpunk 2077 coming out and being a giant buggy glitchy mess as well? I don't understand it. Like Skyrim, when Skyrim came out, the vi- there's videos That's are still online. Fair. Skyrim That's was a, a giant Bethesda buggy game. They're glitchy all was mess. A disgrace. But Skyrim won game of the year before it was even released. And then when it was released, mm. it's a buggy piece of shit and it was broken as hell. And then people Everyone thought it was the was greatest angry. game of all time. <laughs> But here's what happened. You see, there's a weird setup with that. Like, there's some people that are like, they forget about it. And then there's other people that stay angry at it. Prime example. There's a lot of people I know will never touch No Man's Sky, even though now it is one of the best games ever made. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. It is incredible. And they, like, they launched and it was a buggy mess, but it was also... They didn't have everything in it. They were supposed to have it and all sorts of issues and all like that. But look at it now. Holy crap. It is the benchmark for crafting and survival games. Yeah. No, No Man's Sky is definitely a redemption story of, of it's not even the same game. You can't even call launch day No Man's Sky compared to how No Man's Sky is now. It's not even the same game. It's a completely different game. Um huge difference huge difference huge difference i hope cyberpunk gets kind of the same treatment um i don't think cyberpunk will be a no man's sky redemption story but i definitely think there that when cyberpunk gets like stable enough or fixed enough to where um it's a it's a witcher 3 situation um cautiously optimistic i would hope that it does better but i don't have a lot it will erase it will erase all the bad blood or whatever that is between cd project red and the entire world (laughs) i don't know i was willing to give them a pass that's why i'm glad i got that even though i haven't played it yet because it's like you give me so many hours of joy with the witcher 3 i'll give you a pass i'll give you a pass make it better they're like they oh we messed up cool make it better I'll gladly wait. A yeah. lot of people didn't, yeah. but I'm willing to do that. And yeah, that's 
that's where we go with that. And bringing that back around to Dead House, as we were talking around with The Witcher, yeah, that's the kind of story you're into. Because if you like any of that type of depth for the story, for the characters and all, they've got the lore on the site. Yeah, there's already a plethora of lore to dig through and to dive in. Plus, community. Even if you're not the reading type, uh, Alaric's Chronicles are also on Spotify. Yes, I do recommend, I will always shill and recommend George Ledoux, the voice actor for the Chronicles of Alaric. Um, Have you been watching him on Instagram? He's got a MAGFest thing in. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, He even did a a Dead House Christmas thing. That was cool. Yeah. Christmas greeting. Oh, and speaking of uh, posts online, uh, Calypso's now going to put it up on the screen when this is in editing, yep. but we're going to be taking a look at a particular post from Dead House uh, that was posted there called How's Our Blood Looking, yeah. which is a nice little preview of what y'all get to expect. Yeah, I think it looks future, I think you know. it looks awesome. Now, um, once again, the O3D tech demo is available it's on the dead house forums and everything you can find the link for it and download it play it um compared to how the demo looks uh now as opposed to this now keep in mind screenshot. the one that's released that's an o3de tech demo yeah what's going to be coming out soon is a dead house sonata demo yes i think it looks that's miles above it looks miles above the tech demo uh the the blood looks amazing um you guys can vote on this um there will be i'll i'll drop a dink uh, i'll drop a dink i'll drop a link down uh for the youtube um, everything like that, where you can uh, vote on this. There's a little poll going on um, of what the, how the blood looks. I've seen be the current be poll standing in it, and I'm actually a little shocked. Over overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> <laughs> um, How's our blood looking? So the options are something like um, that: too much blood, uh, just the right amount of blood, or more blood. More blood. Always I'm all blood. more, but. I, I've got to be rolling vampire, so, you know, that yeah. should be kind of obvious. No, one of my favorite things, here's something to think about, uh, Dead House guys and, and Legacy of Kane fans and stuff. If you guys liked Blood Omen and liked that spell where Kane just blows people up into showers of blood or just, you know, rips their blood out of their body with, like, a spell or something and all that massive blood, if you guys like the over amount of gore within Blood Omen, I think... Um, this poll would be something to g- good to vote on for more blood, obviously, is the right choice. Um, and, <laughs> and expect that within Dead House. So, it's the only correct answer. Yes, it is really more the only correct blood. answer. I don't know why there are other answers, because more blood is always the best answer. <laughs> I just have to laugh because I keep thinking about people comparing when we were talking about, about graphics and online games and how things have progressed over the years. And there is a nice throwback to retro games. There's a lot of people have a bit more appreciation for those. Cause oh, yeah. Games like I'm totally in on things the, like the, that. the boomer shooter renaissance that's happening right now. Oh, um, yeah. Like I need the, to try uh, some of those that yeah. I've seen you play. But looking at this, and there were people online <clears throat> who were complaining about the original concept when it was literally a concept video, a proof of oh, concept. Oh, that'll video always, that'll always be there. Apocalypse wanted to go with. And then they take a look at this. Not only is it a major upgrade, but you take a look at that. Can you see that picture right now, Calypso? We'll have it on the screen anyway, yeah, edited in. Yeah. Can you see that right now on your computer? Yes, it looks amazing. Now, think about this for a moment. That's a free-to-play game. Yes. Yes. That is, like, uh, here's, I, th- I believe I talked about this before in one of my YouTube videos, my other ones. Um, it, uh, gosh, free-to-play versus pay-to-win or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
once again, there is a stagnant um, haze hanging over the free-to-play space because free-to-play, was. this ties in with mobile gaming also, free-to-play um, is for the casual, it's to uh, burn money, to make as lot of money as possible for these companies, there's no real interest or um, uh, I guess money wallet protection um, for the gamer that is playing these free-to-play games because they are cash grabs and they're they're monetized heavily and all this other stuff. But the uh, free-to-play space isn't an an evil thing. Just because certain companies have sort of abused the free-to-play space um, and tried to you know make cash grabs out of all this stuff doesn't mean that you should look down on the free-to-play space because. There are free-to-play games like Deadhouse coming out, um, like Warframe, for instance. Um, I think Guild even, Wars um, is essentially free-to-play. Gu- yeah, Guild Wars. Uh, I think even some of the, uh, the first some of the MMOs, some of the MMOs we were talking about. Um, so a lot of the, a lot of MMOs now are just free-to-play MMOs. Now Star Wars, the, the Star Wars: The Old Republic went free-to-play yeah. some years ago. That's still actually a really thriving community. I'm surprised. Um, because they uh, there's an ethical way to do free to play. There's an ethical yeah. way to do free to play. Dennis has talked about this before in some streams and and interviews and everything of how to do it. Like, uh, and I I think I think with visuals and just the free to play space, like we don't have to worry about graphics anymore. Graphics are a nope. thing of the past. Look at the Unreal Engine five stuff that's coming out. All the technology behind the Unreal Engine five stuff that's happening with the Nanite and. Um, just all the weird like, you don't like, even need to look at the yeah. most modern one if you just yeah. look at what people can flex with when they use unity or Frostbite. yeah unity i know unity like, gets a lot of shit because it's part of you know the retro like unity is free it's cheap um and it's used for all this retro stuff but a game is only i believe graphically a game is only as good as the developer's um, working on it yeah um, like take a look as you said unity is used for a lot of the 2d stuff yeah it's also used for beat saber yes it is i'm surprised that unity that looks incredible it looks insane like um yeah graphics i think are a thing of the past like before graphics were a, a general you know comparison argument between this console and that console that was a be- that was usually the benchmark of each generation yeah. was graphics yeah. but now it's We're, it's it doesn't even matter that. anymore it doesn't even matter anymore like a free to play game or not vis- visually a game will look good no matter what like there is no skirting past that i'm sorry everybody who disagrees with me you are wrong visually <laughs> games um will always look good now there is no even if you purposely tried to make a game ugly it won't look ugly you know it might not have the most highest like texture resolution it might be like blurry here and there but it will not look ugly not always 4k 60 fps yeah (laughs) yeah i I still I, i do think the fact that 4k is just now um viable a viable option to play um for like a budget is funny um i know people argue with me that oh you've been able to play 4k for like a decade um not stably at 60 frames per second like i've just it, i've just discovered 4k myself i think it's beautiful and amazing and glorious it's not my preferred thing but if i can play in 4k i'll play in 4k you know but you don't exactly need to. 4k you need to. becomes mainstream when 4k tvs become what is common in most households yeah that's what they say but they're like oh yeah but we can have this for years early adopters you guys don't count you're better testing stuff i know i'm the same i'm the guy that runs out and buys the new technology you are not the norm though when you do that you were an early adopter 
yeah. it becomes the standard when you know you've got a nice big 4K TV for like 200 bucks in Walmart. That's when it becomes the standard. Do you remember um, the 3D TV? <clears throat> oh God, yes. Failed revolution when Avatar and stuff like came out and and uh, oh, and everyone had to, to buy the TVs. Yep. Not only had the stuff, you had to get the stupid cinema glasses for it. Not some of them you had to charge up. The ones I got to use used the same glasses that you plastic ones you get in the cinema. There was like different types of 3D. Yeah, it was really weird. It was really weird. Uh, but that's something for another episode i guess that i think has had its novelty that should be strictly limited to like theme parks and cinemas and stuff that doesn't need oh, to be yeah. in the home vr yeah. on the other hand this is something again we'll come on this on another episode because there's a full episode Definitely. Itself. Yep. vr i think is slowly creeping into not being the mainstream for game but its own niche it'll be a thing the same way as pc gaming or switch gaming or whatever i think vr gaming will be another thing I argue that VR is already here and it is for, they have VR for all levels. VR is actually affordable now before it wasn't even close. Now VR is actually oh, you're talking to someone who has PSVR. So. Yep, VR is affordable because <clears throat> he's going to bring it up again. I have the cheapest VR headset you can possibly buy. That's actually high quality for a hundred dollars. What's that? The Oculus go. Is that the one where you put your phone in it? Yes. No, 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 no. This that is just, was... no, no, no. They have that one, which is cheap. Um, but then they have this one, which is the, just a, a monitor, a really uh, cheap VR headset. It's only mm -hmm. sit, sit down. There's no moving or haptic feedback yeah. with the hands. It's just a little pointer. Um, a lot of the games are sit down and like shoot games or whatever, really basic stuff for the casual players out there. Um, I also would argue that it's really good for testing. Like I don't get motion sickness, thank God. And I'm glad I kind of got this just to yeah. prove that I, to prove to myself I don't get motion sickness, but my mother and my sister get motion sickness no matter what they do. That's, so I think that's a for, major So for a hundred bucks, a yeah. hundred bucks is nothing within VR and technology. That's nothing. Um, you could order this, you know, for a hundred bucks, return it within like two weeks or whatever if you're okay with it, and then spend your money on the Oculus Quest 2 or something that's coming out, or hmm. spend all the really big bucks on HTC Or the new PSVR 2 the if new you're PSVR the console 2 looks type person. Insane. Um, so yeah, I would argue that VR is actually affordable and um, uh, 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 not mainstream yet, but I think it will be mainstream within a couple of years. Um, it still has a VR. few flaws to work out. One, Definitely. the movement thing. Yeah. The mo the movement not is. everyone has the ability to move. Two, yeah. you said that's only got shooter games. Funny you mentioned that. One of my favorite VR games is one where you just sit down and shoot. It's Until Dawn Rush of Blood. Oh, yeah. no, That is I, uh... incredible. I love that game. That and Skyrim VR. God damn you, Todd Howard, for making me buy that again. <laughs> I played that until the back of my head hurt. Yeah, and my I, um, eyes. I'm fairly certain cause damage. I played it on like VR is not meant to be for a game that you sit down and play for six hours. No, no, it's not. Um, uh, one of my favorite <clears> games <throat> on this little Oculus Go is uh, they have a Suicide Squad game they released back when the first Suicide Squad came out. Surprisingly, really fun. You can just you have a full 360 view and you just shoot and like it's really respond. It's pretty fun. Like I would argue that VR is the next future in gaming it's pretty affordable now but i think once 
when when the price of a, of a of an eight hundred dollar VR headset drops down to like three hundred bucks, then I think yeah. we'll really be in that VR's mainstream. It's for everybody. You don't need a ten thousand dollar rig um, to be able to play VR anymore, like you did a couple of years ago, or even now. Even now, you need a crazy expensive rig to really properly play VR. Um, they even have. Uh, I think Oculus is trying to focus on cloud VR gaming where it's all hooked up to the cloud. That's where you don't need a big, big, uh, big $10,000 rig because it's part of a cloud streaming service. And As our internet progressively gets better, that will become yeah, a very viable yeah. option. There's talk of like creating a new, I know there's some companies working at CERN, the guys who actually run the internet um, and other companies that are and trying to make Facebook a decentralized internet. Meta or Facebook or whatever they're calling Meta it now. VR, I think with this whole metaverse that's happening soon will become mainstream. But anyways, uh, getting off topic. Yeah, we can talk about VR another time. But yeah, I think VR is happening and it's happening now and it'll really kick off in the next couple of years. But that's my opinion. I don't know. That's the thing. These are all texts that like for early adoption and stuff like that. But yeah, it is becoming more like the fact that you can go to a store now and buy a VR headset for your PlayStation. Now, granted, it is still a little bit pricey, but it is there. Whereas years yeah. ago, it was not. And these are all something that I think will be a look at the way forward of how gaming goes. Oh, and yeah. I think with that, we're done, dude. Yeah, I think so. I think this is definitely a good something to round off uh, our episode with. But uh, uh, <clears throat> to closing notes are I'm Calypso as well as Faceless Mike. You can find us all on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, links will for all this will be down below. If you're watching this yeah. on YouTube, um, if you're listening to this on some, blah, blah, blah. if you're listening to this on Spotify, thanks for listening. Um, uh, again, follow Dead House. You can follow everything Dead House on Twitter, Instagram, Discord. Join the Discord. I highly recommend it. The community is really nice and accepting. Um, you can submit community stuff. I recommend checking out our community um, submitted and you want, episodes. You want to get to know people for uh, being able to group up later on. Too. Yeah, that too. Join our, <laughs> join our guild. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, what is your favorite game? Um, and do you need to finish that game or leave it unfinished for it to be your favorite game? You can leave that answer down below in the comments and everything as well. Expand upon that topic. Where do you think VR is going? Do you think VR is plausible right now? Do you think it's ridiculous right now? Um, like all of these things. Like, uh, and what do you want to see in Deadhouse in the future? Like, what would you guys like in the future for Deadhouse? Would you like a VR Deadhouse maybe? Like a side Ooh. companion thing? Would you like... I'll be found in like, his chair. Just yeah. Like Set up. Yeah. Would you would you like uh um like any yeah like what what would you guys like to see with Dead House in the future? What about like VR, all that kind of stuff? So I guess that's it for this episode. We will see you all in the next one. Fight the living, everybody. I am Calypso, faceless Mike, and uh yeah. Bye everyone. See y'all. Fight the living. Fight the living. Yeah. Bye everyone. See y'all. Fight the living. Fight the living.